All right. Welcome to this episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. And you know when it's just going to be a good one? Well, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a good one. And the reason is I have an absolutely amazing woman with me, Callie Gilbert, and her story, her relaunch is it, it it brought me to my knees. I mean, it was one of those that, wow, when I heard her talk and we had this amazing conversation, not even about the podcast, about just businesses and life and everything. And all of a sudden I'm like, I need you on my show. And she grace, graciously said yes. And here we are. This episode is brought to you by the Fired Up Entrepreneur Program. And this is a program that we are so proud of. The results have been downright remarkable. And we want to invite you to get a glimpse of what it is like inside this program by inviting you to participate in the Business Bootcamp, which is a five-day free event and get involved with this because the pearls that we're going to be sharing each and every day are going to be the foundation for allowing you to make money, keep the money, grow the money, and strengthen not only your business, but also yourself. So please take advantage of this and join us at our next bootcamp. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. And I just have to say, Callie, welcome. So excited you're here. Thank you so much, Hillary. I'm just so thrilled to be here and to be able to share the story with you and your listeners. Yeah, you're just, I, I, I want to like scoot to the very end because I'm so excited for people to hear it all, but we have to take it one step at a time. And for those that don't know who Callie Gilbert is, and they soon will, Will you walk us through your journey and your significant relaunch and how you came to be where you are today, which is, I mean, wait, everybody, because you're going to hear. <laughs> All right, Callie, take it away. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable journey. I, I've often said I feel like I've lived about nine lifetimes just this time around because I've done so much, accomplished so much, and I've gone through so much transformation. But it's been a blessing. It really has. I'm When I look back at it now, it's like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of it. Even those moments when it was deep despair because it really has made me who I am today. And so I'm definitely grateful for that. I am a former athlete, a former figure skater. I started skating when I was six years old. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I traveled all over the world. I then went into publishing. I created the first uh, Canadian figure skating magazine of its kind. 
I then decided to go back to school and received three degrees in six years and went into communications and journalism. And then I thought, well, you know, I really loved the work that I was doing as a skater, connecting with nonprofits and event management. So I started my own event management consulting firm halfway through grad school and thought this is the direction that my life is going to go. Well, the universe had other plans for me. And in 2011, I literally lost everything, beginning with miscarrying a child. My relationship ended. My car died. My money ran out. And I ultimately lost my home. And then I ended up spending 12 months homeless in the San Francisco Bay Area and really needed to decide what I wanted my life to look like. And I was at a point where I had a decision to make, and that was, do I start over or do I give up? And I thought, well, as an artist, I feel if I start over, I've got this blank canvas. And what is it that I want my life to look like? And within a few months, I was able to completely turn my life around. Okay, wait, 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 we're going, we're going way too fast. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, everyone. I think that you may have caught this or may not have. 12 months, she was homeless. And this is a woman who had three degrees in six years, communication journalism, had started magazines, had done all of figure skater, all of these accomplishments. And she reaches her, you know, dark night of the soul time period where she loses a child. She has no money in the bank. Even her car breaks down and she is homeless. Now, can you give us a little bit of like, it, it didn't just happen overnight. What, what led up to this year of having, you know, no place to call home? Yeah, it was interesting because I believe that, first of all, homelessness is there's this like stereotype around homelessness. You know, it, it only happens to those who are criminals or mentally ill or, you know, the drug addicts, right? And it's not true. Homelessness can happen to anyone, right? Even someone with multiple degrees, right? And so when I. Multiple degrees I, and somebody who's not an alcoholic and somebody who's not using and I mean, all these different things. Exactly. And that was the thing, too. I asked myself, I said, look, I'm, I'm doing all the things right. You know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't, you know, and I thought I was, you know, following that right path. And yet it still happened. And uh, the reason it happened to me was because all of a sudden my degrees were a detriment and I was, you know, all of a sudden labeled overqualified. And it was, I literally had people say, don't put the degrees on your resume. <laughs> you know, you couldn't even get a simple job, really? because, you know, any job because they were saying, oh, you've got too many degrees. You're overqualified. Exactly. So they were saying, dummy it down. Don't even like, and you couldn't get, you couldn't get any job. It was just like, there's yeah. nothing to be had. It was crazy. And it was, and of course, living in San Francisco, you can't work at McDonald's and pay the rent. <laughs> you know, it just, it doesn't work that way. Right. Well, and, and I also have to say, Callie, you know, having lived in San Francisco, um, really through even the beginning of COVID and we decided to move out, you know, homeless has been a huge problem in the San Francisco Bay area, huge I, when, when I first heard your story, I actually was like, oh my God, I can't imagine being homeless in San Francisco because it, it would just seem, it seems so scary. 
Yeah, it was. Well, I think it was interesting too, because I was homeless for 12 months, but it was two different periods over a two year period. So it was four months the first time and then eight months the second time. And the first time was total, how is this happening to me? Victim, survival mode, questioning, you know, why, why, why? And it was interesting to see my mental state at that point how I kind of maneuvered that journey as opposed to the second time when I thought, well, you know what, we didn't die the first time, so I know I'm going to be okay. So let's look at this with a different mindset. And so it really taught me the power of the mind, right? And the power of setting those intentions of what it was I wanted to create and the life that I wanted to create. So the second time, okay, so can you help us? What happened in between the first yeah. And then yes. tell us, tell us what, what happened. Exactly. So the first time, yep. So I graduated with my master's degree, the third degree at the end of 2010. So December of 2010. And then by January of 2011, I was like, all right, you know, going through all these different, that's when I lost a child. So I was like going through, you know, this grief period and, you know, this isn't how life is supposed to be, you know, going on and through, and that kind of like began almost the domino effect of loss for that year. So that by the time I ended up in September of 2011, the money was running out and I was barely holding on to my home. And I was still trying to, you know, applying to jobs, sending out resumes, doing everything that I could on a daily basis to make it work, but nothing was working. And so it was actually in, interesting and ironic at the same time, because I needed an outlet for this grief that I was experiencing. And that became my writing and my photography. I've been a writer and a photographer my entire life. Those were my creative outlets. But for me, it was never anything more than just a hobby. I, I never conceived it could be, you know, anything more than that. And so I decided to put that, express myself and my emotions through a book. And I put together photographs and then inspirational quotes of the life that I wanted to create and the lessons that I learned through this period of transformation that was 2011 into this book. And it basically sat on my computer for six months. And then a friend of mine, um, who was also an author, said, sent me an email and said, I'm coming to San Diego. Well, he was from San Diego. He said, I'm actually launching a book called Monetize Your Passion. And I thought, oh, that's a book I'd like to read, you know, because I would love to be able to do that. And he says, I would love for you to come to this book marketing conference in San Diego. And I thought, oh, I would love to do that because I've got this book sitting on my computer. I don't know what to do with it. And, but here I am trying to hold on to my home, you know, literally running out of money. And I was like, I want to, I just don't know how I could possibly make it happen. And, but something inside of me said, you need to go, you need to be there. And if you set the intention to go, it'll happen. Just, you know, do your, do your part, take that first step. And so I thought, all right, well, here I am still living in my home, barely hanging on to it. And my car had died at this point. So I no longer had a car and I had a parking spot. So I thought I'll just rent out my parking spot. 
which was great because I lived in Sausalito, which is just on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. And so I had a friend who lived down in the houseboats and they had two cars, but only one spot. So I rented them my parking spot for $150, right? And I was like, all right, there we go. And I thought, how am I going to get into this conference? Because the ticket to the conference was $500. I thought, how am I going to possibly do that? And it just happened that two weeks prior to this email that I received, I had listened to this woman, Ariel Ford, who was talking about events that she was having, having. And then every time she had an event, she was always looking for volunteers. And I thought, well, I've got this event management background. I'm a photographer. I'm, I'm sure I could help out in some ways. So I emailed her and I said, you know, I heard about your events. My friend invited me to come. I'm a you know, new author, would love to learn. How can I support you? And she emails me back and says, absolutely, you can volunteer. So I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I can get into the door. I now have the $150. I can buy the plane ticket. I can go down to San Diego. Okay, where am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? Another friend from church, she was part of the uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society. She says, we can give you $150 to pay a bill. So she gave me $150. I paid my credit card bill. I booked the hostel in downtown San Diego. That was across the street from the convention center. Mm -hmm. And that's where I stayed. So literally all these things came together and allowed me to go spend three days in San Diego and learn from the best of you know the who's who in the publishing industry. And 30 days later, I published this first book. And it was and in the midst of losing everything. So it was amazing to see, you know, how things were lining up once I became in alignment with what I was truly meant to do. And that first book, what was, what was the title? The first book was It's Simply Sausalito, An Inspirational Journey. And it was a combination of my writing and my photography. And the day, and the thing was, is I was literally going to Starbucks and sitting there with my laptop and just learning everything I could about self-publishing. And the day that I lost my home and had to move into all my possessions into a storage facility, I remember walking in and the manager asked me my name and I gave him my name and he goes, well, I was just reading about you. And he holds up the local newspaper, the Sausalito, it was the Sausalito uh, Marin Scope. And my book is on the front page of the paper. Oh my God. And so here I don't have a home, but my book is on the front page of the paper, right? So I was like, all right, you know? So it was amazing to see how things happened. And so within two and a half months, um, I, I ended up losing my home. So I ended up, you know, every night going, where am I going to sleep? You know, luckily I had some friends that are like, you can crash on my floor, you know, but it was literally day to day, not knowing where I was going to sleep. And it was for four months. And then I had a friend that I met at the storage facility who had found out that they were actually hiring a position as a caretaker to look after, basically open the gates and then work in the office on the weekends. And so he goes, apply for it. And so I did and ended up getting the job, which came with an apartment above the office. Oh and what are the chances of that? Right. And so that's what I ended up living in. And it was amazing because this place was like twice the size of where I was living. And I was paying like a fourth of the rent, which I never really had to write out a rent check because they just took it out of my paycheck. And it was incredible. It was incredible. Okay. But then fast forward, 
Yes. So I worked there, lived there for a year. It was amazing. I mean, I just, I was thriving. I published four books in one year. I just, everything was great. But what happened was I ended up getting involved in a very toxic relationship with the person who, when I had nothing, basically came into my life, took me in, got me back on my feet, and then turned into the devil in disguise, basically a narcissist. And my body was saying, get out of this, run, you know, and yet I'm staying because this person helped me, right? And I totally believe that the body tells us when we're out of alignment with life, right? Right. And I suffered a very severe back injury. I had two compressed discs in my back and I literally could not sit or stand for more than 30 minutes at a time. I ended up with sciatica for seven months. I thought I was going to die. I literally every day in tears, popping the ibuprofen like it was candy and thought I'm going to die any day now. And it was March of 2013 where I'm literally on my knees in this apartment. um, And I said, I can't take this anymore. And the very next day I lost the job because it couldn't work, you know? And of course the job is, the home is tied to the job, (sighs) right? So lost the home, right? So I'm out on the street again with Suka and now I can't move either, right? So I'm like, seriously? (laughs) You know, it's like, didn't we go through this already? And oh, by the way, now I can't move, right? But in that moment is when I had the mind shift and it was like, we didn't die, we're gonna be okay. Instead of it looking at it from that, you know, um, survival victim mentality, I'm going to look at it as I'm on an adventure. Why not? And where's life going to take me this week? Right. Because when you have nothing, you can't plan anything. Right. So were you able during that year before you lost this house, were you able to save any money? I mean, do we have, I was able to save a little bit of money. You said you had four books, four books. Yes. I had four books. Exactly. So I was able to save some money and, but it was interesting because in that time, when I shifted the mindset and thought, all right, I'm on an adventure, things started happening that were so mind blowing. Like I had friends that I literally hadn't seen in years. This one woman was from Sausalito. Her mother had died. They were selling the family home. She's like, we're selling the house. We sold the house. It's in escrow for a month. Why don't you just stay at the house? This million dollar house overlooking Richardson Bay. It was amazing. It was incredible. Um, Another friend, a literary agent, um, he was a gem. He's like, my wife and I are going to Europe for six weeks. Why don't you house sit our place on Knob Hill? And it was back to back to back. (laughs) This is one of my my favorite parts when you first told me all this. And how you, you couch surfed, but I mean, you're staying at like palatial. I'm staying at like amazing places. I had met this one woman um, through the America's Cup, a sailing regatta, who was from San Jose, had bought a houseboat in Sausalito with the idea of renting it out. And she's like, well, you know, I'm in San Jose, so why don't you just stay on the houseboat and, you know, show potential tenants, (laughs) you know? When they come to, to check it out, so I don't have to keep coming up back and forth. And so I lived on this houseboat where I would wake up in the morning and I've got Mount Tam outside the window. And I'm like, seriously, someone pinch me, right? So, so yeah, Knob Hill, Sausalito. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was geez. incredible. 
It was incredible. Okay. So now we've got this incredible, you know, series of events and you started to have this mind shift change. You said, you said about the victim mentality, you started to go into, you know, Hey, I've made it through this before I can do this. You started to put your, you know, your power behind that, but what else did you do to shift your mindset? Yeah, well, what I realized is that it, it all began, everything began with intention and really setting that crystal clear intention of what you wanted, right? And so when I was, after the first time, when I was at that point of no return, which I call the making that decision, do I give up, do I start over? What I did was I set the intention and I set an intention for three things. I want, and they were very simple things. I wanted to stay in Sausalito. That was key. It was where I wanted, you know, I had friends. I wanted to, I felt safe there, right? I wanted to wake up every day and do what I love, which was my creative outlet, you know, the, the photography, the writing. I wanted to get a part-time job. This is where I was very specific. A part-time job where I had the flexibility to do what I love, but still brought in enough to pay the bills, right? That was it. That was it. Those three things. And with two and a half months, I I manifested all of it. It was incredible. Okay. Did everyone hear that? Two and a (laughs) half months because she's the intention. She was so focused, but you didn't know, you didn't know how you were going to do it. No, no. And that's the thing. You just know it was going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what gets people stuck is that they, they, I have to know the how, no, not our job, (laughs) not our job, because what we perceive as the how the universe, God source, whatever it is you want to call can deliver it in ways that we couldn't possibly perceive that could be so much better than anything that our (laughs) fragile little minds, you know, could come up with. I have seen miracle after miracle that I would have never thought of. I was like, whoa, you know, and it's been amazing. It truly has. That is such a pearl right there because so many people, if they don't know how in their mind they're going to achieve it, then they can't believe it. Right. And And so they don't take the You'll never achieve it. I mean, it's like this, this horrible vortex. Like, you know, you're spinning around and you just keep spinning versus again, what you did, which is just, I mean, it is the heart of manifestation. It is the, you know, it, it just, I can, I can see the heart like beating, right? You put it out there. You believed you had your intention, you knew your why. And then you said, however it's meant to be, because we cannot force. If we force, if we think that we are going to choose every single one of the steps in this order, then you're limiting. You're limiting. Exactly. Exactly. And it's interesting. And I think another thing that I would say is it has a lot to do with trust and not trusting the outside, but trusting within, right? It's trusting that intuitive call, you know, what I call now our, our creative genius, you know, our inner muse, right? It's what led me to LA because that was the thing. As soon as I went through 
the second part, I had literally found an apartment in Sausalito and thought, yes, you know, this is great, finally. And excuse me. <clears throat> and then days before I was about to rent the apartment and write the landlord the check, he tells me, oh, I'm so sorry. My current tenant has decided to stay another month. So now it's not going to be available until November 2013 instead of October 2013. And at the time, I thought, oh, my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's been eight months. And yes, it's been nice going to these different places, but I, I need stability. <laughs> right. It's like I really want to be able to take my stuff out of storage. And so I said, OK, no worries. I said, I've got money. I had some money saved up. So I said, I am going to go to Santa Monica for two weeks and I'm going to sit on the beach and I'm going to go to San Diego for two weeks and I'm going to sit on the beach and I'm going to heal my body, continue to heal my body, which I did myself after going to every doctor on the planet. And then I will move in November 1st. That was the plan, right? So I get to Santa Monica and my whole world's in a box in a storage container in Sausalito. So I'm like, you know what? I kind of like it here. My body feels better. My back is healing. You know, it's, it's actually warmer down here. <laughs> you know, I think I'll stay. And in that moment, I can still remember it like it was yesterday and not eight years ago that I was on Main Street and said, I think I'll stay. And it was like the universe went, she's in alignment. Mm -hmm. And everything shifted from that moment. The very next day, I met Elizabeth Gilbert from Eat, Pray, Love. And it was like this instant kindred soul sister connection. She's sharing her book. I'm sharing my book. And then the day after that, I met my partner on the beach, my life partner. And it was amazing. It was just like, I was supposed to go to LA. And I can't tell you how many times I said, I'll never live in LA. They can't pay me enough to go to Hollywood. And here I am making movies and happier than I ever thought I possibly could be because I listened to that internal call of my soul that knew what I needed more than I did. <laughs> this is, you know, you know, because I said when we first met, I'm like, this is my kind of story. So all of once you really embrace like and you just went for it and then you ended up in LA and you, you met Elizabeth and you met your soulmate and your things just then were on like massive just manifestation track I mean it was like super highway yeah it was and crazy. and so share what you're doing now and how Everything that you have done previously, all these relaunches have taken you to where you are. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, now I've got 10 published books on the market. 10. Uh, 10. <laughs> 10. <laughs> it's craziness. Um, I started my own production company in 2019. I released my first film, Invisible, which sheds light on the homeless crisis in LA with a focus on prevention. Um, my little film that could, which I literally shot on my cell phone, uh, has been winning awards on the festival circuits. So we screened, we had the uh, LA premiere. Whoops, hold on for a second. We had the LA premiere at the Chinese theater in Hollywood, which was a dream come true. That, that is movie. really, okay. Having grown yeah. up in LA, uh, Kelly, that's impressive. That was nuts. That was totally nuts. And it was 
last year, Oscar Sunday last year, I got the invitation to do it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're gonna screen at the Chinese theater. And then literally the next day I got the email from the Cannes Film Festival in France that my accreditation as a filmmaker had been approved. And I was just on cloud nine thinking, someone pinch me, you know, this is incredible. And so since then I've been consistently working on making content, producing content, writing scripts, making films. 2020 was one of the best years of my life because I thought, well, you know, I've been through so much that this is a piece of cake, you know? And like anything in life, it's temporary. And we have a choice. We have a choice of, am I going to sit and crawl under a rock for however long this takes? Or am I going to continue moving forward and doing my, you know, what I'm passionate about? And then when we get to the other end of it, then I'll be set, which is what I chose to do. Mm. And so now what I'm doing is I'm actually in the midst of launching my own nonprofit to support women, creative women in transition via entrepreneurship, mentoring, and training, which I'm really excited about. I, (laughs) near and dear to my heart, love that. Well, as we are, unfortunately, time is running out. I do have some rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Callie? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so you have said how important putting an intention out there is. Right now, what is your biggest intention that you have out in the universe? Well, my biggest intention right now is the nonprofits. Um, All goes planned right now. I'm hoping to have it launched by the end of the month. So here we are, May 2021. And uh, that will be just a dream come true because I feel so fortunate for all the amazing people, the mentors that I've been able to learn from and grow from over the last decade, that now I get to pay it forward. And that to me is everything, right? It's like, there's so many creative women out there that have these incredible gifts and want to learn how to serve and how to you know, share those gifts with the world. And if I can be a part of showing them how to do that, that's, that's everything. Now, you also said that you wrote the book, or I know that you've written a book about your homeless journey about this time. What, what's the name of that book? Yeah, so it's actually a three book series. I have a three book memory, memoir series. The first being, it's simply, it's simply serendipity, Four Steps to Manifesting a Life of Bliss. That's the first one. The second one is Pearl, which came out in 2015. And then the third one is Perception, which came out in November of 2020. And that's the whole series. And it's interesting, Perception um, was initially supposed to come out in 2018, didn't feel right, wasn't, I wasn't being called to do it. And I said, I'm just gonna shelve it. And when it's ready, it's ready. And at the end of 19, woke up one day with an intuitive call that said Perception is 2020 and thought, all right, let's do it. And so it's really about a continuation of the story, but also how I was able to make 2020 one of the best years of my life simply by creating that structure, that foundation that, you know, I believe if we have structure in our life, no matter what's going on around us, we can still move forward and be successful. So I wanted to share that. Mm, And who would play you in this movie? In this movie. It's interesting. Um, if it's a three-parter, you've got, you know, come on, you gotta is it gonna be like when you're young, you know, in your mid and right the crown, we're gonna have multiple actresses play you? I, or you can give me one. <laughs> 
Well, it's funny because I actually had talked to my partner about this a while ago and we had cho- uh, chosen that Kate Beckinsale. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. Yes. Oh, and I remember be- there was a moment where I was like, you know, I brought her up and he goes, he goes, can you ask her to wear those really tight leather <laughs> pants? Right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, of course you would say that, <laughs> you know, but yeah, okay. I like Kate. Kate makes me laugh every day on her Instagram. So yeah, I would love that. Oh, that is so great. Well, and and also I, of course, love the name, especially the second book, Pearl. We talked about that, that we always talk about, you know, the pearls that we find in every situation. There is some form of a pearl that you can identify with the wisdom that comes with every bit of life's journey and experience. So you and I, uh, you and I connected on that incredibly well. And then I also want to ask you, what is your favorite? And I know yours is unique. What is your favorite beauty product by name? By name, my favorite beauty product. It's so funny. It's it's Noxzema, the skin cream. And the reason is I have used this practically my entire adult life since I was late teens. And I used to get amazing compliments um, from people all the time. They're like, you have the most beautiful complexion. What is it that you use? And I'm thinking, Noxema, <laughs> you know, I was like that's the only thing I use, and I still to this day use it and love it. And what's really awesome, another another bit that you know ties us together. You know, we're like Wonder Twins. Uh, my dad always used Noxema, so whenever I was visiting my dad, because when I was growing up, I didn't have like a beauty regime. I was whatever, wherever, whichever house I was in, I would use whatever they had soap or Noxzema. And so I would use Noxzema. And over the summers, I would always, always use it the entire summer. And my skin never looked better. And yeah. to this day, my dad still uses Noxzema. Yeah. Now, Same I man. don't know why I ever veered away. I've been, yeah, I'm a junkie for beauty products. So I, you know, I might have to go back. I know that they have an Olay challenge. I wonder if they have a Noxzema challenge as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one last question, and that is what does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything is possible. Um, I, I really don't, I really believe that we don't as humans realize how truly powerful we are, right? It's almost as if we're, we're afraid of our own power. So we kind of squash it or hide it, or, you know, we don't allow ourselves to shine. Right. And that's so sad because each of us is unique in our own way. We've got these incredible gifts that we should be able to share with the world. And I feel if we each did that, wow, what a world we could create. And I wish people could see you. And for those that are watching on YouTube, awesome. Her hat says, I am unstoppable. I mean, and girl, you are. Just getting started. (laughs) You know what? I love that attitude. Absolutely. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now 
and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.